plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are locked on Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And it's Matchups Thursday as we break down Sunday's matchup between the Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers at Soldier Field. And a programming note here for you on Friday, we'll be talking with Arthur Arkish from Locked On Bears and Pro Football Weekly to get his insight on Sunday's game. Before we get rolling, though, I would like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Locked On podcast network, which includes Locked On Bears, as well as Locked On NFL, and if you're lucky to still be playing, Locked On Fantasy. I am not lucky to be playing. My team went 4-8. and eight. In a 12-team league, I finished second in scoring. <laughs> so talk about the unluck of the draw. I had a good team. I just continually lost. Um, not that any of you guys care, so I'll move on from that. If you like what you're listening to, other than those last 10 seconds, you can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and the Android app and check out my work over at PackerReport.com, home of the world's best preview and Packer Report members. Get 10% discounts on tickets. What a great way to get to Lambo! Give the gift of Packers Vikings tickets for Christmas. Save 10% over at our website and also 10% on gear through our shop at Fanatics. And new or renewing annual members Get Sports Illustrated. That is a $39 value, and it is really the best sporting publication in the world, and you know it's, it's a great added bonus with your Packer Report membership. And with that, on to the show. Before we get into the matchup, so we will start with first down, and that would be the injury update. And the big one, of course, is quarterback Aaron Rodgers. He did not practice on Wednesday, and he likely will not practice on Thursday either. As you know, he's got an injured left hamstring and an injured right calf. So it is going to be a lot of mental work for Rodgers. He said it's not a big deal because this time of year it's about mental work anyway. So it's, you know it's, that's probably fair to point that out. It's also fair to point out it is going to be colder than you know what in Chicago. And I think you'd like to have your quarterback, the guy who touches the ball every single play, you know, getting his hands on the ball as often as he can during the work week. And he's just he's going to miss out on those opportunities. Uh, we'll get into the weather later. Well, we'll talk about it now. High of zero in Chicago. When I talked to you yesterday, the high was minus one. So it's trending the right direction. Um, but it's going to be a miserable day. And and ball security is going to be at a premium. And you would, look, frankly, you, you would want, you'd like to have a, your quarterback out there doing it. And he's not going to be able to do that until maybe Saturday. Rodgers on Wednesday at his locker said, I'm feeling better. I appreciate the time to rehab. With an injury like this, it's really about maximizing rehab time. So I got to get a couple extra hours there with the training staff. It was good. Um, on Wednesday, gosh, what was the afternoon? Well, whatever. Whenever McCarthy talked to us on Wednesday, it's all blurring together. This the length of the season and Christmas shopping is just, and everything going on with Christmas with kids stuff. And is it's, my uh, internal clock is all 
messed up. So whenever McCarthy talked to us on Wednesday, um, he mentioned that that Rodgers didn't want anything taken out of the game plan, and he feels like he'll be able to operate it. Um, relayed that comment. Here's what Rodgers said. I'm very optimistic by nature, so we can always take things out. It's harder to add things back in. So get everything in, and if there's anything we've got to take out on Sunday, we'll do that. Rest of the injury report, running back James Sarks with a concussion, outside linebacker Nick Perry Hand, and Julius Peppers rest joined Rodgers on the did-not-participate list. On the positive side, outside linebacker Clay Matthews, receiver time, or excuse me, running back Ty Montgomery, and tight end Jared Cook, all full participation. All right, let's go into the matchups. Second down, it is the Bears' defense against Green Bay's offense. Chicago ranks 15th in points a lot with 22.3 per game, but is 7th in total defense with 326.5 yards per game. So it's a darn good defense. If you look at the names, it's a big advantage to Green Bay. I mean, unless you... Heck, you as a, as a, if you're a Bears fan, you might not know who they are. Maybe like the moms and dads know. Maybe, maybe the coaching staff knows, but I mean, otherwise, I mean, no, no one knows who any of these guys are in, in the secondary. But it's kind of a matchup of hot versus hot when the Packers are throwing it. In the last seven, over the last seven weeks, or excuse me, over the last seven games, Aaron Rodgers ranks number one in the NFL in pass rating. Remember when he was struggling? Remember, I might have had a podcast on this. What's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? Well, apparently there's nothing wrong with Aaron Rodgers. He's in the last seven games. Number one in passer rating, number one in touchdown passes, number four in yards, number seven in completion percentage. So Rodgers is back. His, in fact, his rating is back over 100 for the season. However, the Bears in the last three have lowered an opponent pass rating of just 79, and their pass defense has played pretty well all season long. Uh, here's Rodgers on, on Chicago's defense. I think their defense as a whole has improved. They've really been playing a lot better. They've been playing a lot of young guys. If you look at their depth chart, it's a lot of first and second year players playing extensive time for them. They're doing a really good job. Obviously, they're very well coached. You have to have that to play so many young guys and get them playing well. But they played really well last week, and I think they've definitely been improving on that side of the ball. For Chicago's pass defense, and this really is the key on on this whole side of the ball, the, the Bears' pass rush against a limited mobility Aaron Rodgers. Chicago ranks fifth in the league with 33 sacks, and they're fifth with a 7.57% sack rate. And with outside linebacker Willie Young, seven and a half sacks. Outside linebacker Leonard Floyd, seven sacks. And defensive end Akeem Hicks, seven sacks. The Bears are one of only two teams in the NFL with three players with seven plus sacks. So, you know what they've, they've got there with, with you know, his history, uh, speaking of Bears defensive coordinator Vic Fangio, Vic Fangio is, is a blitz-happy coordinator, but he, he's done that without blitzing much. I mean, he's relied on his personnel to get home, and, and, and it has done that. Um, Floyd is Floyd's a tremendous player. He's our first-round pick. Leads the NFL, he, and among the NFL rookies, he is number one in sacks. He had two against the Packers in that October 20th matchup. He's long. In fact, I'm trying to think back to the combine. I think he's like 6'5 and 240 pounds, so he's tall and lean. He had like 36-inch arms. I mean, 
other than like one or two of the offensive tackles, he had like the longest arms of anybody at the combine. So, and that length is an issue because, well, I'll, I got a quote from Brian Balaga. They're able to get on your body really quick and they're able to dictate the rush. As a tackle, that's not what you want. You want to be able to dictate to the rusher, not have him dictate what you're doing. And he does that. You know, think, think about it. Hoover's got the longest arms, right? He's going to make the contact first. And that's why at the scouting combine every year, there was such a big deal made about arm length. And it's why really good college offensive tackles get moved to guard. Or it's, it's why really good college offensive tackles go, instead of being first-round picks, go into the fourth round because, they're, because of the length issue. You know, the first guy to get their hands on someone has, has the advantage and play with, the, with those arms has the advantage. So the, and that's going to be key. Like I mentioned, Rodgers can't move as well as he wants to. I mean, the days of him getting out of the pocket and running are probably over for at least a little while, right? And you couple his limited mobility with the cold. Look, cold weather and muscle strains, not the best of friends. So it's going to be up to the Green Bay offensive line to, to protect Rodgers better than ever. And you know what? It's, it's been a great line all year. And I, I talked about this the other day, pro football focus for the entire season, basically, has ranked Green Bay's offensive line the number one pass-protecting unit in the NFL. I'm going to have to keep it up against the Bears. So if they can, again, this is the no-name part of what I was talking about before. Here are their corners. Tracy Porter, Bryce Callahan, Craven LeBlanc. Not exactly a who's who. And the safeties, Deion Bush, Harold Jones Corte. That's right. <laughs> no, no idea. Um, well, I've, I've heard of Porter. Um, Porter's 30, leads the team with two interceptions. Um, Callahan has been their slack guy. Uh, LeBlanc, if you watch the Pack or the Packers, to watch the Bears Lions game last week before the Packers played, he had that pick six on Matthew Stafford late in the game that gave the Bears a momentary lead. It's a different look, different looking secondary than the Green Bay played the first time. Remember that game? Rodgers, the Packers had 303 net passing yards in that game, but it took Aaron Rodgers 56 passes and two sacks. So basically, and then he ran a couple times. So basically, 60 dropbacks to get 300 passing yards. Devontae Adams had 13 catches for 132 yards in that game, but otherwise, the Bears secondary. God, you hate to say that they won the matchup. When you, when you give up 300 yards, you probably don't win the matchup. But maybe a draw, I think if you're the Bears, you, you felt pretty good about that. With Rodgers' mobility issues and the cold, making catching it and throwing it a big challenge, you've got to run the ball, right? And we're going to get into this on, on, the, uh, on third down with Chicago's offense, but you've got to run the ball, you'd think. But can they? And will they even try? I mean, you know, the, you know the running back situation. Ty Montgomery is officially a running back, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's. I don't know if he can sustain a fifteen carry workload. I mean, he had seven carries last week against Seattle. Got hurt, hurt his shoulder, so he was full participation yesterday, and he played most of that Seattle game, but only had two carries the rest of the way. I just wonder how durable he is over the long haul, and. Look, we, we know what happened with Kristen Michael last week. Ran the wrong way on a handoff. 
And we know James Starks, you know, the concussion notwithstanding, is averaging, you know, what? Gosh, hang on a second. I, I got the stats in front of me here. I got the, see, that's the stats in front of me. Um, James Starks averaging 2.3 yards per carry. So, in between that and concussion, I mean, who knows if he's going to play. The Bears are allowing 4.0 per carry. They played the run pretty well all year long. Chicago runs a 3-4 scheme. Really, the, the stalwart of the, of the D-line part of it is Akeem Hicks, the defensive end, who's played a lot of snaps. He, he is basically a one-man wrecking ball up front. Um, you know, when you go back to free agency last year, Packers fans, looking at Green Bay's inside linebacker situation, they wanted Danny Trevathan from the Bears, or from, from the Broncos, and they wanted Jarrell Freeman from the Colts. They both signed with the Bears, but neither of them are going to play on Sunday. Trevathan is on injured reserve, and Freeman is suspended. So that's up this Bears really soft in the middle of the field. Rookie inside linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski has started the last three games, and he's done pretty well. He was a guy I really liked for, the pack, for a possible Packers draft pick. Packers obviously didn't get him. And the other inside linebacker, John Timu. So that, that's not a strength there. And the aforementioned safety group of Bush and Corte. If you're Green Bay, you really want to test the middle of the field, whether it's you know the short passes to Montgomery over the middle, or or maybe you know McCarthy was optimistic that Jared Cook would play after that chest injury last week. You really want to test the middle of that field. And at some point, you got to run the ball a little bit. It'll be interesting to see just how much Green Bay wants to even bother trying to run because they haven't run the ball well all year. And I, and I, and I still maintain that. It might be too late for the Packers to have a running game. The running game is something that you build over week after week after week after week. And they've had to scrap it for so long. I just don't know if they can put together a running game to, to save their soul. And, and that could be a huge factor given the conditions on Sunday. In this episode of Locked On, Packers is brought to you by me, PackerReport.com, home of the world's best preview and the aforementioned 10% discounts on tickets and gear and the one-year subscription to Sports Illustrated. And if your company would like to reach out directly to Packers fans, you should consider sponsoring this podcast. A recent study by Edison Research found that 65% of podcast listeners said the ads increased their likelihood of purchasing a product, while 45% said they often visit a sponsor's website after hearing a message. So if you'd like to reach out directly to speak to Packers fans, reach out to me at packwriter.com. 2002 at yahoo.com that is pack writer 2002 at yahoo.com for more information takes us to third down and the other side of the ball it is chicago's offense which ranks 17th in yards but 30th in points chicago under third green, green bay's got injury problems at least they got their quarterback right the bears don't have jay cutler and they don't have brian hoyer Logically, they put the ball in the hands of the rookie running back, Jordan Howard. And Howard is great. He's a guy I really like for Green Bay in this draft. And, you know, he's a Packers kind of guy. In fact, both John Fox and quarterback Matt Barkley um, compared him to Eddie Lacy just based on size and, and lower body strength. But Howard's been great. 969 rushing yards, a 5.0 average in five touchdowns. Only Dallas' Ezekiel Elliott has more rushing yards among rookies. But at least from the ball 100 more times, basically. And Pro Football Focus had a great breakdown on Twitter. It's just a tweet put up by, I think it was Mike Renner. 
from Pro Football Focus. You might want to check it out. PFF Mike might be his uh, Twitter uh, handle. But the crux of it was, it was, it was comparing Elliott to Howard. Elliott obviously has a great old line. Howard does not. Um, they got a rookie center, uh, Pro Bowl right guard um, Kyle Long's on injured reserve. Um, obviously, uh, former Packers guard Josh Sitton is there. He's bad. He's missed, I think, four games with an ankle injury or ankle injuries, I should say. He's back in the lineup, but you know, Chicago's old line is not great. But if you look at yards after contact, which is to me is the the measure of a running back, is what are you getting? on runs that aren't blocked for you. And if you look at the yards after contact, um, Howard was like a quarter of a yard per carry more than Elliott. So, you know, again, look at the weather. A high of zero. Bears have a third-string quarterback plan. You know, they're, they're depleted in the skill positions. They're going to just give the ball to Howard again and again and again. And Green Bay's run defense, which was really good to start the season, has been pretty gosh darn mediocre here. Over the last half dozen weeks, um, I think Jake Ryan will help. Assuming he's healthy, he didn't play her much at all last week. That was more of a matchup deal where they wanted to get athletic guys on the field for Jimmy Graham. I would think Jake Ryan will be back into a, into a uh, primetime role, so to speak, in, in this game. And he's going to have to play big in that D-line, which has kind of faltered a bit. He's going to have to play well as well. I think, I think it will help Green Bay that... For the first time in a while, they're not going to have to worry about the quarterback. I mean, you, you go back over the last several weeks where, you know, last week it was, hang on, I'm going to look at my stat sheet to make sure I get this right. You know, last week, you got to worry about uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, wasn't so much the Houston, in the Houston game, they played the run pretty well. You know, the Philly game, not an issue really either, but, you know, the Washington, that gauntlet of Washington, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Atlanta, where Green Bay gave up some rushing yards in all those games. It's because they had to, they had to really be conscious of the quarterback. I don't, I don't think that's an issue this week. And Morgan Burnett goes back in the box. And I think that'll help the running defense. But, I mean, that running defense is going to have to, again, we talked about protecting Rodgers is the key. The Green Bay defensive line against Chicago's offensive line has got to be the key to this game as well. Um, asked about Howard during our conference call, Bears coach John Fox said, I think we saw early in camp that he had really good vision and good feet. When we had the Jeremy Langford injury, we plugged him in as a starter, and he's handled it really well. He's a big guy. He's 235. Kind of more of a lacy style of back as far as a real thick lower body, a little bit hard to take down on first contact, which is pretty important at that position. I think for a young guy having some success, I think he's mature beyond his years as far as handling it. He's the same guy every day. He doesn't get up. He doesn't get down. He just kind of stays the same. Um... A little bit of a history lesson on Howard. Howard played at Alabama-Birmingham. He was an all, God, I think they're a conference USA maybe. He was an all-conference running back there. Uh, a former teammate with a uh, former Packers Senate, Kennard Backman. Then UAB shuttered its football program, and Howard had to look for a new place to play. And he wound up in Indiana, where he was first-team All-Big Ten during his one season there. So he's a heck of a player. Without... Cutler and Hoyer, the Bears have turned to Matt Barkley at quarterback. The former UFC standout, fourth-round pick by the Eagles in 2013. He threw 49 passes as a rookie, then a grand total of one the previous two seasons. This year, he's thrown 119 passes. His pass rating is just 72.8. But the Tennessee game, 
Also a 72.8 rating, but he threw for more than 300 yards in that game. Got picked off twice. Last two games, though, 97.5 in the win versus San Francisco and 92.2 in almost upsetting Detroit last week. And if you, and if you watch that game, the Bears got hosed, and he would have had an even better rating. You know, the referees. It kind of looked like all-star football, as my wife would say. You, know, you remember all-star wrestling, if you're a, if an old-school wrestling fan, where the... Uh, there's times where I think, boy, the NFL just has an agenda, and I thought a couple of phantom holding calls and voila, Detroit wins. Um, Berkeley is the definition of a game manager. I mean, he's not going to push the ball down the field much at all. But he also doesn't get sacked, and his three starts has been sacked twice. And in the last two games, no interceptions. Uh, here's Fox on Berkeley. I've been impressed with the young guy. You guys saw a little bit of him last time when Brian Hoyer got hurt. He went in on short notice and played a little bit in the first half and then the whole second half. Things didn't go as well, but I think we've kind of plugged him in with a whole week's worth. He did a pretty good job the two starts at home, and then last week was really his first road start in a noisy environment. All in all, I think he did pretty good. Like every game, nothing's perfect, but I was impressed with how he handled it. He will get a weapon back this week. Elshon Jeffrey back from a four-game suspension. He's caught 40 passes for 630 yards. A team best 15.8 average. He had nothing against the Packers in that first game when it was Hoyer and then uh, and then Barkley. A clear win for Ladarius Gunter, and that will be a key matchup on Sunday. They, I mean, they, they've been hammered by injuries. Again, you think Green Bay's had injury problems, and they have. But just look at, you know, they, they, were, they were without Jeffrey for the four games, but receiver Kevin White, their first-round pick last year, he's an IR. Um, tight end, uh, uh, Zach Miller, who leads the team with 47 catches and four touchdowns, he's on IR. Um, Kyle Long's on IR. So they, they've really been hit hard by injuries. So for the first time in a while, they, they've got a, a legit weapon. I mean, the other receivers are, again, not a who's who list, but a who's that list. Cameron Meredith, 44 catches. With Jeffrey, 6'3". Meredith is 6'3". And without Miller, their tight end is Daniel Brown. And he's 6'5". He had a pretty decent game last week uh, against Detroit with six catches. He's definitely a uh, position receiver. Um, so it's kind of the way the Bears have always been. I mean, you go back to the Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett days where it was big, big, big. They could kind of play basketball on you. And, and Cutler would trust his guys because they were just so darn big that he would throw it there covered or not. Oh, I don't, well, Berkey's not going to throw it to them covered or not, but he's got size out there. And Green Bay's got all those 5'11 guys in the secondary, that corner especially. So I think, again, it's something else that bears watching is kind of that, that basketball on football sort of matchups. And we got, when we got into the O-line a minute ago, um, sitting his back, um, the, which is good because the backup for uh, Kyle Long is, uh, is Ted Larson has not played well, but sitting his back has played pretty well, as has rookie center Cody Whitehair. So, again, Green Bay's got to win those matchups because the Bears are going to run the ball, and if you can't stop the run, it's going to be a long, cold day. And finally, that takes us to fourth down with a look at the special teams and some extra notes. Bears special teams used to be great. Back in the old Devin Hester days and Robbie Gold is the kicker, these guys were the gold standard of the special team, so they're not anymore. Um, their punter is Pat O'Donnell. His net of 38.3 is in the bottom half of the league. Um, they don't return kicks very well. 
Um, Eddie Royal, the veteran receiver, does have a 65-yard touchdown, but otherwise an 8.7-yard average for the season. So he's done, other than one touchdown, he's done nothing. Um, their kickoff return unit, 19.9 yards per return. That makes Green Bay's look explosive by comparison. So they don't return it well. Um, the kickoff coverage has been fine. Um, the punt coverage has been a sore spot. And maybe Randall Cobb can get the Packers some field position there. With the Bears allowing uh, 12.4 yards per return. Now the kicker, Gold, is not there anymore. The kicker is Connor Barth. From inside of 40 yards, he's 11 out of 12. From 40 plus, 5 out of 7. So, again, it's another cold weather thing where, you know, what, what is Chicago's field goal range on, on a cold, bad field? I mean, we, you know, we talked to Mason Crosby yesterday, and Crosby compared it to kicking a tire on your car. So, that's a, <laughs> that was a, it was a great line, a great insight into the challenge of being a cooker, kicker. And when, of course, the social field is never easy. So that's the special teams battles there. And, you know, Green Bay is trending well the last three weeks. And I, and I dare I say it's advantage Green Bay on special teams. Interesting note for this week, which has kind of uh, been a talking point. The Bears, the Packers can tie this series. It hasn't been tied since 1933 when Chicago won a game. They tied at 11, 11, and 4. And then the Bears won the next game as well as part of a six-game series winning streak, and they've never trailed since. So Green Bay's got a chance to tie it up. A lot of that is on the strength of A, Brett Favre. At one point, Favre won 10 in a row. And then Rodgers has, has continued that run. Take away the collarbone game in 2013. Rodgers in 17 starts, 14-3, and a 104.1 passer rating. Turnovers. Green Bay plus one. Thank you very much to last week. Uh, the Bears minus seven. So, again, turnovers, of course, will be key. Chicago has only 10 takeaways. Only Jacksonville has less. And they have a league-low three fumble recoveries. Again, on a cold day, it's ball security. You know, your hands don't function well in a cold football. If you've ever played catch in the yard with a cold football, it is slick. So, those, again, that's going to be something worth knowing. Can, can the Bears actually punch the ball? And Green Bay has not been a good fumble team in years. And on a cold day... It's one of those things you just wonder if, if you can just steal a position somewhere, can that make the difference? Um, the Packers officially announced the signing of Jordan Tripp on Wednesday, the linebacker from um, who's a former Montana star who started a game with the Seahawks this week. I talked to him for a story at PackerReport.com if you're interested. Uh, very nice guy, athletic, intelligent. He seems uh, very hungry to be on his fourth team in three years and thinks maybe this might be his opportunity. Um and finally, again, the cold weather. We've talked about this about a thousand times. Here's Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I asked Rodgers, I should have probably mentioned this earlier. I asked Rodgers about the challenge of handling a football in the cold temperatures. Rodgers says, we practice outside in these conditions, so we're used to the elements and how it affects the football. We've done a good job over the years in taking care of the football in these type of games. And, you know, like I said, taking care of the football is going to be paramount on Sunday, where every possession is going to be critical. And that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Packers. Thank you, as always, for listening. Once again, we'll have Arthur Arkish from Lockdown Bears and Pro Football Weekly in for the Behind Enemy Line segment, which I'll post tonight for your enjoyment either tonight or tomorrow. So once again, thank you for listening. Have a great day. Stay warm, people. Put on a hat. <laughs> and I will talk to you tomorrow. 
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.